Welcome back, everyone, to Merge Conflict, your weekly developer podcast. Before we get into this week's podcast, we got to thank our amazing sponsor who's been really with us since the beginning, the before times of Vision Pro. Uh, It is our good friends over at Sync Fusion. Listen, are you building apps for literally like anything on the planet? You need like, I don't know, controls, charts, graphs. You need like PDF processing, Excel, Word, pretty much any control that you can think of, SyncFusion has you covered. Whether you're building mobile apps, desktop apps, web apps, with pretty much any framework in the world, SyncFusion has you covered. I use them personally in my applications and I simply love them. They have great dashboard uh, dashboard reporting and all sorts of these widgets integrate instantly into your applications. Just really saves you a bunch of time. Head over to SyncFusion.com forward slash Merge Conflict to learn more about all of their amazing widgets for just about anything that you can possibly build. SyncFusion.com forward slash Merge Conflict. And thanks to SyncFusion for sponsoring this week's pod. All right, Frank, let's get into it. We tease the teaser. But Frank, it sounds like you are finally about to drop $35 bajillion on a Vision Pro because somebody <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet Vision Pro apps and you got all the sweet, sweet betas. It's a beta summer and it's sizzling. Don't hold me to it. I have not committed to spending the big dollars. I did commit to downloading the big gigabytes, though. I'm nah. like, I, I can do that much. I, Who doesn't have 20 gigabytes to spare on their hard drive for yet another copy of Xcode and all the little devices? And I, I, I run this app called Grand Perspective, if you're ever looking to free up hard drive space, which mm. I had to do because I was installing an Xcode. Oh, no. um, I run an app called Grand Perspective, and it's just a really nice way to visualize uh, how much space is taken, how, how much it, it shows the geometry of how much space something's taken up. And this new Xcode, yes, I got the beta, and it came with the Vision Pro, and we're going to talk about it. But all I noticed in my grand perspective is two new giant blocks taking up space on my hard drive. Boy, (laughs) that Vision Pro does not come for free. I love hard drive visualization software before we get into Vision Pro. I think on Windows, they use like WinStat or something like that. Yeah, WinDurstat? Yeah, Something like oh, that. Yeah, and it, it, it's just like all these squares and things is like blobs and it just helps you find huge files is amazing. But it's just like, oh, wow. Yeah. And, you know, and I also say this, we had some people comment about different um, laptops and things that we were talking about recently. And, you know, when you're going through and you're putting together your laptop and you're like, oh, yeah, like actually two hundred dollars for one terabyte instead of 512 or, you know, or for 256 versus 512, you should probably always just get the bigger hard drive. Like, let's just be honest about it, because. The thing when I used to build desktop computers back in the day and still do as my main 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 driver is, oh, I just need another hard drive for installing Xcode. I slap in a hard drive, right? But you can't do you. You can put plug it in, but it's not the same, right? You, you need you just get the big hard drive. Just spend the money, all the RAM, all the hard drive. I have two external hard drives hooked up to this computer, and I, I make the mistake all the time. I, I always bump up the CPU, I bump up the RAM, and then I have no money left over for the hard drive. And you know what you feel the most, though, in the in the long run? It's that hard drive. Like, you get a good end CPU, you're not going to notice the difference between 3.6 and 3.8 gigahertz. The thing, and things just, especially as a developer, but even as a, a non-developer user, just things as you use them more the space just seems to go away i did a deep dive <laughs> one time <laughs> on my computer at work because i was running out of space I'm like where is this what happening yeah and it was like my outlook archive 
my word archives, <laughs> yeah. my PowerPoints that are like, oh, my, my PowerPoints, my messages. My messages is 10 uh, gigabytes. <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? It's like, oh, my, what am I playing, paying for on iCloud? Oh, just my iMessages? Great. You know, and, and there's yeah. not really good purging things at the, at the end of the day either to really clean stuff up. Since I just said bad things about Xcode, let me say a good thing about Xcode. In the new um, Mac OS, if you go to settings, general, storage, it'll bring up a list. And in that list, one of them's developer. If you click the I icon in developer, it'll bring up all the little things that you can delete from Xcode, pretty safely delete from Xcode. And you'll be amazed what you have there. Like I've been using this machine for so many years that I just had like five years worth of iOS simulators uh, that I'm like, yeah, I don't need to test on iOS 10 anymore. So you can delete that simulator. So they actually make that pretty easy to delete that stuff. Well, good. You've deleted it. You've installed the X codes and the Vision Pro. Let's talk about development. Like what? Yeah. Where are we at? Let's talk about Let's get into it. I'm excited. I have no idea. I haven't installed it at all. So I'm ready. New simulator, baby. New SDK, baby. Um, <laughs> they they actually do it piecemeal now. I don't know when they started doing this with Xcode. Maybe somewhere in the 14 line. But when you download Xcode, it's actually small now, three something gigabytes. And then it'll ask you which SDKs you want. And Vision mm. OS, the SDK. Uh, the SDK internally looks like it used to be called XR. So you're going to see a lot of XRs around and source code and things like when you're trudging around but uh yeah so you'll bring up xcode you'll download another seven or eight gigabytes to get the vision os and you get a new simulator i i I love simulators they're very important um i remember i did a lot of watch development in the early days on the simulator i did a lot of ipad development on the did i do simulator i must have because i feel like i had like early apps for that one Anyway, yeah, and it, it was like, well, yeah, the only way when a device isn't out is to simulate or emulate, right? Like you yeah. got to have them, you got to collect them all. And then there's actually a new install process. I'm excited because I, I kind of want to install it now just to experience it because the last time I think it, maybe, I don't know, maybe it was 14. I, I have to have 14 on it at least, but maybe because it's like, oh, I already have those installed. I just reinstalled it. But yeah, I kind of like this new mechanism, which seems more like Visual Studio, like, hey, what workloads do you want? Which makes all the sense in the world. Like, let me be selective of what I yeah. want. I don't need I, ne- I don't need TVOS if I'm never developing a TVOS app. Yeah, compliments to them. It, it's broken very simply. It's iOS, TVOS, watchOS, and now VisionOS. So Beautiful. just pick which ones of those you want to do. Yeah, I didn't I didn't pick watch this time and I felt guilty. I, it, it was a guilty little checkbox staring back at me there. I'm like, oh, I really haven't worked on any watch apps you can, in a while. Anyway. <laughs> you can always go back. All right. So are there templates? Who needs like, them? Are there templates yeah. in this thing? Like, what does it look? Because, you know, when you install stuff, usually there's always like a template, right? Like the Maui yeah. one is like button clicker, shows you some stuff. There used to be more in Xamarin Forms. Like mm-hmm. in Xcode, there's, there's like for iOS, there's like always like the page and the tabs and a bunch of other stuff like what are the what are the vision pro like templates like is it just like here's yeah. a spinning cube because that's like you know the default <laughs> here's a cube God. or is it just an empty space and the void the original one was spinning cube and then apple upped the game a little bit and they put a little jet aircraft in that was the scene mm-hmm. kit demo and the ar kit one of a jet thing that was awesome um they 
I'm not, I gotta say, I'm not, I'm not too impressed with the templates this time. But of course, yes, uh, no. there are templates. <laughs> um, and the trickiest thing with Apple templates is they still do the wizard thing where like you select a vision app uh, and then they ask you a few questions with yeah. no help there, making you make Perfect. some critical decisions <laughs> without knowing what the heck any of these things mean. Like they ask you, uh, is should you uh, is your app in a window or a volume? I'm like, well define volume <laughs> Are, aren't we all in a volume <laughs> is this a theoretical volume and then okay so that's one decision and then they're like immersive mode which immersive mode would you like and you can have Ooh. uh mixed okay. full and I, I forget what the other one is but let's call it partial because that sounds good <laughs> These are, so you gotta and, make some <laughs> yeah these are like the and like the, the interesting part i remember like in the beginning, I was like, do you want to use core data? Do you want to use this other stuff? Like all these things like, and it architects your application and puts on all these things that are like, you're right, are like fundamental to like, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I got to just do fi new, file new. And like, now I got to try all these mixtures because you're not explaining to me what any of this stuff is. Right. So uh, let me get these right. So you can have no immersive space. I'll, I'll talk about what that actually is. Uh, okay. Mixed, progressive, and full. The, those are your things. There's a but lot. Yeah, it's the, wow, okay. Yeah. It, but that first one was really bothering me, window or volume. So you know what I do with Apple, because this isn't my first rodeo. I create the full permutation combination of all the options as a hundred projects. And then I just go look at what the difference is between all of them. So I can see what the heck the stupid template is doing there. <laughs> so I did that. I made, I made like eight, eight, 12. And I made a lot of projects and I ran every single one of them. And James, there, there was no space spaceship to greet me. There are two balls. They just, spheres they just put two spheres on the screen and i'm like i'm, in a kettle? I'm not feeling tonight. immersed Th that was uh, the immersive space but I, I wasn't feeling the immersion but but they do have uh wwdc demos uh samples that you can download from the developer pages that are a lot more informative than the template so i did a mixture of playing around with the templates and um playing with the demos from WWDC. That makes uh, sense. You know, and yeah. templates are always a struggle, right? Because, you know, there's a great debate seeing that I've worked very <laughs> close with the Maui team for a while and the Blazer team for a while and just the whole .NET team I'm adjacent to. And I have written document, I've written multi-page documents on templates and so have other people. So I'm not the only one, uh, but a, a, a templates are opinionated. They are mm -hmm. controversial uh, and... <laughs> what one person wants is not at all what other people want at all. So you really can't get it right. However, there is something to be said to having samples, which are important, right? Which is like, and ideally, I believe that Android Studio does this. I think that they have the option to create a template or open a sample like when you're creating a new project oh do you just want to open one of these samples and like here's a sample yeah. that you can kind of go i think that's what they do and I, someone correct me in some place where we can respond to something uh and i wish everyone did that like yeah if it's exactly. a sample let me just name it my own thing so i don't have to use your silly name because i am going to copy large chunks of it because obviously yeah. i'm learning here so. yeah it, 
And there, but there was no other like guided tour. It was like a workshop. There was there like, hey, step one. Okay, step two. We're gonna add this thing. Was there any like training material? No, there wasn't. It's too new. It was just the wild. Cliff, ones. man, the cliff, right? Uh, okay, so like, we it is a cliff. Um, you have to familiarize yourself with a lot of new technologies. If you're like me and have not been keeping up on Reality Kit because you're like, Scene Kit's fine. I don't have to use anything else. Well, you get to learn Reality Kit, which honestly isn't that bad, but it's different enough, and they've actually changed things from iOS enough that you're like, oh, um, here's an API I have to learn. Can I make a really big complaint now, though? Uh, sure. You can do whatever preface. you want. It's your pod. APIs, James. Let's say you have an API called ARKit, hypothetically. Yes. Let's say you're introducing a new hardware device into the world, hypothetically. And you want to radically redesign this library. Yeah. What, what do you do? What, 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 like, do you call it a, a new name? Maybe ARKit Plus, ARKit Pro, ARKit 2? You, d- you do something like that, right? What would you do? Well, it's tricky because you can't break people, you, you know, in mm-hmm. general. You can't add a two to the end of every namespace. It, this is the this is a conundrum. And uh, it's radi- th- it's completely breaking, though. There, not one thing is shared with the previous version. I think you got to give it a new name. Probably you got to. Yeah, it's like yeah. yet another. I mean, ideally. Ideally. It could be the same SDK API. But if it's fully breaking, you could you could introduce it. But then how do you pick? I mean, if it was a NuGet package, now that would be ideal, right? Like I could pick one or two. Like, I mean, ideally in the world of .NET, it would just be a NuGet package. Like, oh, do I want one but or that two? That would be right? a different version, right? Or a yeah, different version name. Ver- yeah. Maybe version two. Ah. Sure. Yeah, it could be Sim, Simver, baby. Simver, you can do whatever yeah. you want. Uh, well, I don't know. Imagine a world. I mean, think of it like this like Xamarin Forms, right? You got to move to down to Maui. That's a whole different name, different namespace, different everything, mm-hmm. right? It's all this stuff. And I'm not saying that, 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 that you go from version four to five and things don't break. Yeah. But if you're saying every API is different, and even in that transition, not every single API is different. And they change everything, they change the namespace, they change the. Set mm-hmm. up, they change everything. I don't. I guess. I guess it's a new name. Is it Reality Kit? Is that what they did? No, no. They named it AR Kit. Oh wow. Okay. Just AR. They kept the name. Kept the namespace. Completely changed the API. <laughs> I love so it. So how That's can Apple. you tell the one from the other? You can't. Are they both? You go in to there? the document. They're both on the system, but like you go to the Apple Docs, and you cannot tell old AR kit even existed it has been erased from history Mm, which is depressing because so that's weird just the whole not calling it AR kit to not giving it a new name that's just weird what's up with that but here's my bigger complaint there we we AR kit was introduced without like a killer device to go with AR kit we all thought well if we write our apps for ARKit, then maybe in the future, some kind of headsetter thing will come out and our apps will magically work with it because we took the time to make our apps work with ARKit. Yeah. But that's not what's going to happen here. 
all the work anyone's ever put into writing an ARKit app, uh, throw it out the door. It's not at all compatible with the new system wow. in any way. Wow. I, I do have a hack in mind where I might be able to get it to be compatible, but it's a complete hack and Apple doesn't want you doing it. So it's very weird. Um, a, they made the decision to not support an API that seemed fine. And B, um, they didn't even call it anything new or Semver, that thing. Now, is this the AR kit that is inside of Vision Pro, which would mean like maybe the iOS AR kit is the old one? you wish um oddly enough it it, there are many names now there is ar kit for vision os that is a thing Uh, okay yeah that is definitely the new one but there's also ar kit for ios which is also the new one oh slightly breaking changes from the vision os one got it there's also ar kit for c which is a very simple c api c ar kit has changed ARKit used to be a view uh, that would show the camera, and you could put 3D objects into it, thus augmenting a realistic view of the world. That's what ARKit Mm. used to do. Now ARKit looks for floors and walls and maps, and that's Mm. about it. It doesn't do any of the rendering anymore. Hmm. And so they made those parts of the API available at a nice low level C. So like super easy to bind to from like C sharp and all that super easy to call and all that, which is fine, but it's very strange. It's entire role. So not only is it a breaking change, the whole role of the framework has changed now in the future, the present. I don't know where we are in the summertime betas. (laughs) Well, and that's because what they said, right, is you need to build vision OS apps, you're going to need to know AR kit, reality kit, and scene kit, another kit. Swift U- kit no, just- well, you need to know Swift UI cause there's Swift UI stuff oh. too. Well, well, let's go back. Okay. So let's go back to, to this. Cause I feel like now what we're saying is we have the windowed mode and the non-windowed mode. Is that me? Is that me picking between Swift UI and not Swift UI? Or am I always sort of in a blended mode between those two or what are those two modes? Well, let's say in general, an app has two modes, a windowed mode, which has itself two kind of styles or modes, and then the immersive mode where you're supposed to be able to put stuff all over, you know, basically randomly in the 3D space that the user is occupying. Uh, So that's the immersive experience. Basically, every app is going to have those two modes. All the templates have it. All the samples have it. This is how you write a vision app. You have these two things. Do and they you, can be on screen. Do you move between the two? They're both at the same time? like they're either, Or is they're it is not a choice? They're on screen simultaneously. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. And um, so now going back to those options, they made you choose right in the very beginning of creating an app, uh, you have your immersion options. So that mode where you can just put objects randomly in the 3D world, that's called the immersive space, the immersion mode. Um, in that mode... You can choose whether you completely obscure UI, other apps that are running in the background, windowed apps running in the background. Only one immersive Mm. space can run at a time, which made me a little bit sad. Uh, Mm. Apps can't mix 3D objects, which makes me a little bit sad. Interesting. Um, 
uh, I'll, I'll go back to window management in a bit, but just know you can actually have multiple windows up kind of in the world. Uh, but in the immersive experience, you choose between the modes that will either always overlay those windows, uh, take the depth into account. I believe that's the mixed one. There is a progressive one that I have not been able to get work yet, but they say introduces portals. Portals? I like that. People love portals. I like portals. I'm in. <laughs> but I, I, the I docs the are game. very thin and I cannot get it to work. So I have no idea what they actually mean by that, but whatever. Um, what it's actually talking about is just uh, how do the 3D objects you introduce into the user's 3D world, how do those interact with the windows uh, that the thing's putting up there? Because every app pops up in a little window, like I was saying. And if you open multiple apps, you're going to have multiple windows. Hmm. And so we're going to be living in a world with many floating windows around us. Which way do they go? Which way do they go? <laughs> Where's the apps? Where are they? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, so it's not bad. It's funny. So the the window mode, I have only done Swift UI. I haven't tried to get anything else working with it yet. Just lucky enough getting any of this stuff working. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should say the simulator's a little crashy, <laughs> but um, when it's working, it's all fine. It's actually a very, it's a very iOS looking user interface, I find. Mm. Um, uh, buttons look like iOS buttons. Overall, it's just a gray, translucent world. It's very windows vista or at least what we were aiming for with windows so a lot vista. of arrow ui on that <laughs> yeah a lot of arrow ui i mean it's it's the um oh gosh what do, what do you call that the um uh, vibrant views on ios oh, yes. It, yes, it's, yes it's it's yes. the vibrancy pixel shader running and it's the vibrancy pixel shader crashing all the time inside of the simulator well it's a lot of translucence right so it's translucence vibrancies mm -hmm. overlapping over each other which you know math yeah yeah. Uh, so some fun things, though, the windows are 100% resizable, not 100%, mm -hmm. but, you know, within limits. So th they actually put a little ornament on the corner of it, and you can grab that ornament and resize the windows. They also have a little tab at the bottom so you can. I thought the idea would be so that you could dock them to things in the real world. Yeah. But I haven't fully grokked you know a lot of this is weird because i'm working in a simulator with a mouse and a keyboard and this it's not a perfect reflection of how this is going to feel with the real device but man i cannot get those windows to like, dock <laughs> or lock to anything i yeah. do not understand the point of the dual draggy thing <laughs> interesting um, okay yeah, yeah. I, I i definitely know i've definitely visualized because i've seen a photo or two of the simulator that's there now is the simulator I guess it's just a space, it, it, but it's, it's just a, is it like a, does when you open the simulator, it's like a fake bedroom or a fake like yeah. living room or something. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah it. So it, it's tricky. What are you going to do for the simulator? Because I, I've done Oculus things in the past and, um, I've done terrible ones that would actually show you the screens and they're all distorted. Mm -hmm. So that that's useless. And then you have the more decent ones like unity that actually kind of put you into the game and that's much better. And then it just feels like you're playing a first person shooter game, but yeah. that's, that's correct for VR, but for augmented reality, it's a little bit weirder because you need an interaction between the environment and the virtual stuff that yep. the apps running and all that kind of stuff. So Apple made the decision that, Although you have a first-person point of view, um, 
<laughs> the objects do lock into the world and they do s- snap to the world, even though I have trouble with it. They actually do. And all that, that works. Uh, it, it's pretty good. Uh, the biggest problems are like, they don't have good game controls. <laughs> like WASD mm. doesn't work. And there's a lot of modes you have to switch between to like rotate versus strafe versus, you know, all these things. So like Apple play a video game. And just use video game controls. Like, these are solved problems. Just video game controls. Anyway. Uh, yeah. That's funny because, yeah, because, like, how do you move around in this? And I'm imagining, like, if it's a simulator, like, there should be a mode where you can WASD and just, like, move and strafe around, right? Just, like, here, I'm moving yeah. here. I'm moving here. Like, and turn your head and do this. So how do you operate in, how do you operate inside of the simulator? Oh, it's horrendous. Um, I, I'm using a trackpad seems best. Um, I've been using pinch to zoom. Um, moves you forwards and backwards. What? Um, up and drag up and not drag. Um, scroll up and down. Scroll left and right. That strafes you up and down, left and right. Which is annoying though because it, it defies gravity. It doesn't keep you locked to the floor like a video game would. And then you can switch between modes that let you choose what click and hold drag does. And you can choose between rotate. Fine. Why don't you just make that like alter something, but yeah. fine. And then strafe and move forward and back, which I'm like, but you can already do those really easily. Why are those modes? So it's just horrendous. And I should say, if you're in rotation mode, you can't click on things in the UI because... You're moving. You can't, you, can't, you can't interact with stuff while you move. That's impossible. So Apple, please. Here's my theory. My theory is Apple engineers have had these devices for two years now because you cannot build a reasonable app with a simulator. The simulator is a good shot. I get it. It's going to be useful for getting the rough draft of your app in there. Yeah. You, it's, it's not good for anything else. Like I was trying to run some ARKit things. ARKit does the floor detection wall detection i just wanted to run those basic things those do not work in the simulator so there you go yeah but i should get back sorry go ahead oh i'm just saying like you know the problem with simulators that they're simulators right and like there's going to be like there's so many things that you can't do on an ios simulator that you have to do on a physical device and not only things like you're talking about like with cameras and all this other but also some apis like a lot of apis just don't work on the simulator. So like, I am curious, like inside of vision OS, are there just like APIs that like, just don't work? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they flat, like the APIs report, you know, there's an is supported property on them and it says <laughs> false. <laughs> so you're like, okay. Wow. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's not like a bug that's turned off. Um, I, I do want to get back to the little virtual environments because it's a interesting problem. And it is a real difference between the Oculus because when you log into an Oculus, you are put into a virtual environment. Yeah. And that's what's being done in the simulator. But that's just a simulator. This is AR. That virtual environment is going to be real for the user. So it's a little bit funny that they actually had to build up these cute little virtual environments for the simulator. And they built a few of them. And I've been playing with them. They built like four five and so i've been going through all these environments which to be clear are just for the simulator this isn't the (laughs) oculus these environments will not should not be in the real device there's no point for them it's not augmented reality so it's weird and they're cute one's a museum 
I hang out in the bedroom a lot. It's comfortable, but the museum's really nice. It's got some modern art in it. Modern <laughs> art's half decent. That's cool. <laughs> so I'm having fun with that. But also, um, the other thing I always do with a new simulator is you have to try every single app pre-installed on it and go mm-hmm. through every single setting in the settings app. So I've been having fun learning all the vision settings. I do have to say in the simulator, the default font is tiny. I know mm. I'm getting old, but this is this is not me being old. The default font is tiny. Uh, please go into settings, accessibility, and crank up that font because it'll <laughs> make your life so much better when you're. Well, you need to have one of those thing. crazy 8K monitors and put only the simulator on that 8K monitor and go from there. Uh, now, okay, so I love that there's these environments. Is there an airplane environment? Because that'd be hilarious. No, I don't think so. But you're making me wonder because I, I got so locked into that museum. I actually, yeah. I did less exploring. One thing that did make me upset, though, um, if you go to the settings in general, there is another environment. And this is actually in Vision OS. This is properly a part mm. of the device. And yet none of those buttons, and they had great pictures. They had Mount Hood, a bunch of California Whoa. things I've never heard of, cool. and a bunch of other mountains I've never heard of, but they had Mount huh. Hood on there. And you could click Mount Hood and absolutely nothing happens. No, <laughs> oh, perfect. Nailed it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, can you install it? Can you just take like iCircuit and like install it? Does that work? No, sadly no. not. Um, a, um, iCircuit has that old AR kit dependence. I don't know what else to call old AR kit, but old uh, AR kit. Yeah. It, no, I take that back. It does not. I mean, it does. I well, because if it, you remember, does. <laughs> if you remember, right when we, when you, when we, in, when we got the M1 devices, there was a way for us to basically sideload our apps onto that device right. to test them without making any changes, right? So that was kind of my question: is like, is there a way to sideload an app that exists? Because they, yeah. they said all the iOS apps are just going to run. So over here. There. I bet you there is a way to do it. But James, I cannot figure it out because you would think it'd be pretty obvious too. So I thought, well, uh, maybe it'd make sense if uh, a Xamarin app can't be sent over right away. You've got to play around with some tooling, get some things figured out. And I thought, okay, I'll just try it from the Xcode side. I could not figure out how to deploy an iOS app to Vision OS, Hmm. which is very strange because even in the settings... Uh, they have a little thing that says uh, compatible with Vision OS via the iOS emulator. It's the same little thing they say for like not Mac OS or when you're running an yeah. iOS app on an M1 processor. That yep. thing. Yeah. Um, so it's it, it looks like it's there. It looks like it supports it. Uh, there are apps pre-installed on the device yeah. that are obviously just the iOS counterparts. And so, like, I do have a feel for how an I- iOS app feels on the device, but for some reason, I cannot get anything to deploy to it that's not an actual Vision OS. Hmm. And I haven't figured out how to build those outside of SwiftUI yet. Gotcha. Yeah, because that's what I was curious about. I was like, oh, yeah, can I just take one of my existing apps, shove it over there, give it a test? Oh, ship it on and doing a thing. And yeah, I am curious, like, do we need to re-release our app with a checkbox for it to show up like on, you know, we have a year or so or whatever, how long to go. So we got a lot of time mm-hmm. to figure this out. But I was I was hoping because I do think that that's one nice perk about the M1s that we participated in is actually trying it out, siloing and getting things running. 
So that was an experiment that I didn't quite finish for this show. And I did want to finish it, but I had to download all of the betas and all the SDKs a second time to get them onto my M1 processor laptop. Hmm. And I was curious if they allowed the side loading on an M1 because of who knows what Apple's got the yeah. weirdest requirements these days. So I was wondering if it was a limitation of my Intel Mac. Uh, so I didn't get to run that experiment. So it is still possible. Maybe you could get your iOS apps onto it via an M1, but I don't know. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm not. I'm not encouraged. I feel like uh, at least this this is beta two. Um, yeah. Maybe in the future they'll allow it. Nice. Well, what else you got? So we you got some stuff up and running. There's spheres that are out there. You got some environments. You're playing around with. AR kit slash reality kit slash Swift UI? Like, what is there to know? Yeah, um, the, the Swift UI, there's not much to know other than it, it's the basic Swift UI. Literally, by the way, James, of all the controls they have, they have text box is one of the big ones that they have. They weren't. Nice. So, my stupid example from last week rings true that there's like three controls in this thing. The text <laughs> box is one of them. So, I'm proud of myself Nailed for it. picking that. By the way, the keyboard looks a little bit ugly, but whatever. Uh, aside from that, they introduced a new control that can just host a 3D object, which mm. is nice. Um, I like that. Would have been nice when I was writing iCircuit 3D to have that <laughs> control. <laughs> um, uh, the, the, the more interesting stuff is with Reality Kit. Um, so you really have to learn that. If you've done any modern game development, it's very similar to that. They use an entity and component system versus okay. object-oriented polymorphism. It's like everything's an entity, and then you just add different kinds of components to it to add state to it and add behaviors to it. Components add state. Uh, these things called, well, I think they're just called services, <laughs> are the things that uh, can actually run in your update loop and change the state of objects and do things like that. So you're supposed to write write things that way. It's kind of standard for modern game development how a modern game engine would work i find it a little bit frustrating i like to be a little bit lower level but it works takes me forever to figure out how to do anything in it though yeah i was curious if it was going to feel very game engine-y and it's sounding like it is it is but it's a very basic game engine if i it's it's a bit basic <laughs> to be that's blunt. good that's good that's good start basic start basic that's all i'm saying you don't you don't need to go to the extreme, yeah. that's my opinion personally, if they want the apps, but they do need an advanced mode because like, I am curious, like how did like, you know, some of the stuff that they showed, how did you get to that advanced state without going beyond the, the sandbox that they put? Yeah. Well, one trick is to use a advanced game engine like Unity or Unreal or something like that. But now that now this is pretty cool and they've been working on this for a while. Um, they've been releasing an app with Xcode for a while now called Reality Composer. And this is every game engine needs a level editor. This is the level editor for Reality Kit. And it's decent. It's not a 3D modeler. You can't use it for any kind of CAD stuff. But what it is is a scene composer and a way to just organize assets for your app. Mm. And they make generating assets dynamically hard enough in your app and annoying enough in your app that you really do want to do everything in Reality Composer. So a big a uh, big, big part of my learning has been just spending time in 
and another cat app to learn inside Reality Composer, uh, learning how it works. It's an okay app. It's called Reality Composer Pro now. Ooh, Pro. It's pro version. Pro. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty good. It's not bad. Uh, I've, I've noticed funny little things like they have a whole modern shader editing pipeline in it, which is wow. really cool. You create nodes and you connect them with chords and it's a really nice UI and someone spent a lot of time really perfecting it and it <laughs> yeah. updates the preview in real time. I mean, this stuff game editors do, but it's just nice to have like a basically free app that does all this for you also. That's cool. And it saves all the files in USDA, which is some Pixar or Disney file format that Apple has adopted. Nice. Easy enough to read, easy enough to understand. So no problems there. I did have one hilarious problem, though. So I'm going on and on about how I actually really love this pixel shader in it because it's fun. It's fun. You drag things and then it turns red and does things. The moment I do even the most basic pixel shader for any of my objects and put that over onto the simulator, the simulator crashes. The whole OS crashes. The app doesn't crash. The whole OS crashes. Wow. Every time I add even the most basic turn the pixel red shader. Uh, so it's it's annoying because it's definitely early betas. Like the design tool is there. The design tool is better than the simulator, unfortunately. So I'm I don't know if I want to spend $3,500, but I really want a piece of hardware just to see what all my designs actually look like on the real device. Yeah. That's always, the, that's the struggle, right? You're like, oh, I'm, I know I'm only going to be able to get so far. And like, is my vision going to be able to be realized on the simulator or not? Or do I need to actually get this hardware device? And that was a hard thing. That was a hard thing with watches. That was a hard thing with the, you know, different, you know, the new hardware that comes out is, is that and this is you know it's transformative time to be thinking about it like okay is this a thing that i need to now invest a bunch of money in because it's the only way i'm actually gonna so you got to make that decision and you know this is a business expense but you know you know uh, it's still a big <laughs> money still not free expense. still not <laughs> yeah. free yeah and especially it's not like they are it doesn't sound like they're gonna have a developer program beyond coming into the store or wherever and testing it out so you know they can't yeah. just like give you a discounted one and then you return it or whatever. So it doesn't sound like they're going to do that like they did for the M1, which was pretty nice. Speaking of cheating, I don't know why I said that. That's not a segue. Um, you know, when it all comes down to it, the way you manipulate your UIs as you're building, aside from the windowed world, there are these two universes, the windowed world and the reality kit world. In the reality kit world, you're just composing together a scene. Scenes have entities. Entities have meshes attached to them, some behaviors. In the end, you can export that to a USDZ file. Hmm. You can take any old iOS device, load up a USDZ file. Uh, if you put the link in Safari, it'll even offer to put that into an AR view for you. Wow. So a really terrible way to debug an app or something, I've just been playing with this idea, is just export your whole scene graph to a file and open it on an iPhone or something. And so I'm bringing this up because if it really does come down to that, where they only let us look at these things in the store, I'm literally going to do that. I'm just going to yeah. export my app to a file, which is fun because it's graphics. It's, <laughs> it's all built the way it, it can do that. Just export it all to a file. And when I'm at the store, I'm just going to go to a website and open that file and see how my app looks in the real device. That's a good, 
good hack. I like that. Well, <laughs> anything else we need to you know, Frank, before we we close it out, or or what do I need to do? Do I need to go install on everything? That's what I need to do. Is it go time? Should, should I save the precious gigabytes or just waste them on another Xcode? I'd say I I haven't I, I wish I could tell you like go get this one demo because it would be super mind trippy and all that but I've had such a hard time getting any of the demos to work it maybe wait for beta four I think you okay. will want to try it out because the simulator will be good but maybe beta four ish right. beta two is a little bit hot off the press and now the next the next topic for us to discuss for the rest of eternity is what do people want to do in a VR environment. What kind of apps should we even be writing for this thing? But we'll we'll table that topic for later. <laughs> well, we will talk about that maybe next week because I have several ideas uh, in general on this, but I think it's a good point. Well, let us know if you've tried out the new Xcodes and the new Vision OS simulators and all that goodies. And what maybe are you building? Because what do people want to build and what do they want to use? It's actually less of what do they want to build? What should we be building and more of what do people want to use, which is which is fantastic, right? Look at your PM hat on. Um, but yeah, let us know. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Merge Conflict FM. You can also hit us up, not on threads yet, but soon enough on threads. Um, you can find me on threads and on Twitter at James Montemagno or YouTube at James Montemagno or anywhere at James Montemagno. Frank Kruger at Frank Kruger on many places, at Proclaim in many places, the podcast at Merge Conflict FM on many places, including our exclusive Patreon uh, membership that you can sign up for at patreon.com forward slash Merge Conflict FM. And we put out bonus pods every single week. Uh, you can get going for as low as $2 a month. That supports the pod uh, and all the fees that uh, are ensued. We use we use Zencast, which is a great tool. We use Fireside, which is a great tool. We have to pay for our very expensive .fm domain name because I'm an idiot and decided to do that. <laughs> uh, but yes, you can go over there and do that stuff. We talked about threads this week. So if you're interested in our thoughts on threads, then go ahead and check out the page. That's going to do it for this week's podcast. So until... Next week, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for watching and listening. Peace. Peace.